Hey guys, welcome to The Messy Table, where life isn't always perfect, but God is always at work. I'm Jen Jewell, coming at you from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it is officially back to school, back to work, back to college football, back to whatever you do in the fall season. I'm a little sad that summer's over and that both of my kids are in school this year, but I'm also grateful for some structure and looking forward to pumpkin spice everything. As you know, seasons are constantly changing. Just when you think you have one figured out, another pops up. And today I'm sitting down with my good friend, Gina Postier, who's a wife, mom, and PA in the medical world. In this episode, Gina shares a piece of her journey to motherhood, which involved multiple seasons and eventually multiple kids. After a long road of infertility, then adoption, and finally some surprise pregnancies, Gina is here to tell you that God wastes nothing. So whether you have kids or not, whether you've wrestled through infertility or adoption or not, we've all found ourselves in a place of waiting or struggle or feeling like something good is being withheld from us for no particular reason. Is God really there? Is God really good? Is He ignoring my request or worse? Is His answer no? There's more than meets the eye. Friends, there's no magic formula and no two stories are alike, but there is power in telling our stories. So grab some coffee, pull up a chair, and join us right now at The Messy Table. Hey, Gina. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me here at The Messy Table. Well, thank you for having me. Well, before we dive in, will you just kind of give everyone a peek into your world? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Gina Postier. Um, I live in Tulsa. I've been married for 15 years to Justin. We have four children, which I shake my head. I can't believe that <laughs> I have four kids. Um, we have an eight-year-old little girl, and she started third grade today, first day of school. Woohoo! We have a five-year-old little girl that started kindergarten today. And then we have twin three-year-old boys. So we are very busy, um, but everyone's healthy and we're blessed. All right. Now, how long have you guys been married? 15 years. Oh, goodness. Congrats. Thank that's you. All, That's like a milestone it right is. there. It is. It is flown by. Yeah. So your journey to motherhood did not necessarily come easy. No. Can you no. tell everybody a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, Justin and I um, met. He was in pharmacy school. I was in PA school. Dated for, I think, two and a half years before we got married. We wanted to be married for, we, we had everything, you know, planned out to a T. The plan. Yeah, we were going to have, you know, two kids, you know, boy, girl, hopefully. Um, so we were married four years, and we decided we wanted, you know, just to have kids. And we had been, you know, traveling and, you know, lived that life for a while, and we were ready to start a family. So we started trying, and... It, it didn't happen, and, you know, we were surprised. I'd never had any medical issues in my life. Um, so we tried for about six months, and I got referred to a reproductive endocrinologist. And we started that journey, and we did artificial insemination. Um, so we did that actually in Tulsa, and it did not work. And so then we were going to do another cycle, actually, of artificial insemination. And the medicines, I guess, I what they call overstimulated. And I ended up making, 
lots and lots of eggs. And so they were a little concerned about doing artificial insemination because they thought that I would be at risk for having multiples. So like four, like, you know, not, mm-hmm. not just twins, but, and so they converted my cycle to an in vitro at that point. And that was obviously more expensive than what we were anticipating, but we decided to go ahead and do it. And then actually the day that I went for the procedure, they checked some lab work and my levels had dropped and they canceled it. Hmm. And then we... So what does it mean that your levels had dropped? Well, like, I think they checked my, like, estradiol level, and it, I guess it has to be a certain level for the in vitro to be successful. Okay. And it dropped for whatever reason, and they canceled it that hmm. day. So that was obviously disappointing, because right. I thought, I mean, I thought I was getting pregnant that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had in my head, I mean, I really thought that I would do in vitro one time, and it would work. Another and, plan canceled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All these plans we keep making, and then... Yeah. Yeah, um, and then we we ended up actually leaving Tulsa because we just had some bad experiences here, and so we got referred to a reproductive endocrinologist in St. Louis, and we ended up finishing up our our fertility treatments there, and mm-hmm. we ended up doing five in vitro. Wow. Which we never, ever thought we would ever do that many, but mm-hmm. you just you know, don't know until you're there and mm-hmm. then you make choices and you listen to the doctor's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you told me, you had multiple frozen embryos that you wanted to give a chance, if you will, instead of leaving them up to other options. Yes. So um, my diagnosis was unexplained infertility which is good and bad. Um, right. In some ways, it's good because, you know, anatomically, everything is should be functioning and is functioning. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. But it's bad because if I don't know what's causing it, I don't know how to fix it. Right. You know? Right. But you pretty much narrowed down that it was you that was having some of the issues and not Justin. Yeah. Right. I mean, the man, it's, you know, it's easy to do testing on the man. Right. They knew, you know, right off the bat that, you know, he was okay, that the Mm -hmm. issue was somewhere, you know, with me. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, it was kind of a crazy deal, but the packages, like literally you purchase a package, you know, of, of in vitros. Mm -hmm. And if you, of course, if you buy three, you get a better deal than if you buy them separately. Like, That's so interesting. Yes. yes. I mean, I think of that with shoes and purses. I don't really think of that with you know, babies. Know. And they have military <laughs> discounts and wow. they have teacher discounts, hmm. you know, which is great for, for those people. Yeah. yeah. Not me, but for those people. <laughs> um, and of course the insurance didn't cover, our insurance didn't cover any of this. So, yeah. um, but so we purchased. So this is a sacrifice. Oh, yes. Um, so we purchased three, you know, three in vitros because it was the bargain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first the first you know time we did it, it did not work. So we knew we were doing it a second time because you know we had purchased purchased that. So mm-hmm. second round didn't work, and then we did the third round and did not work. Mm-hmm. And I you know I thought after the third round, well first of all, I didn't know anyone that it hadn't worked by the third round. Mm-hmm. So I really was shell shocked that it didn't work. And we honestly, we had never really experienced 
failure like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, neither of us had really struggled when we had a pretty decent life and had had successes. And of course, everyone has disappointments, but yeah. nothing, I guess, so life altering as yeah. this could be. And this you couldn't control. Yeah, no, not at all. So the reproductive endocrinologist um, recommended that we try an egg donor. So that was a very interesting experience. So this means they're taking Justin's sperm and you're, and somebody else's egg. Yes. How did you come to terms of being okay with that? Well, you know, you can pick someone you know, mm-hmm. or you can pick someone anonymous. Right. And both are awkward, obviously. <laughs> But we decided to go the anonymous route, mm-hmm. um, and we had to shop online. Crazy, wow. crazy. So we each, you know, scrolled, whatever, you know, looked looked through the, um, the girls, and we both narrowed it down to two, and luckily we had the same taste mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of agreed. Luckily, I've never been a hugely jealous person. Yeah. And we picked a girl, and I tell you what, they they really make them fill out a lot of paperwork. We interviewed her over the phone, talked to her several times. They do all kinds of medical testing, of course. Mm-hmm. We know her family history, mm-hmm. um, her hobbies, her, her education. Like, you really, I mean, they really do a good job of that. <laughs> I, make would you like, try to I would make like a girl that's a good tennis player, please. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, and I will say, I mean, I told Justin, hey, if we're going to get to pick... Yeah. Let's, you know, pick a cute one. Let's pick a smart one. You know, let's pick an athletic one. I you mean, know? I guess you wouldn't necessarily choose the opposite on well, purpose yeah. if you're having it. Right. <laughs> it's so it's strange. Yeah, it's bizarre. So bizarre. Mm-hmm. So bizarre. And something I never thought I'd, you know, be you in that through, situation. Right. And, of course, Justin felt, you know, so guilty, too. You know, it's just, just odd. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and so they did the fourth cycle was with Justin's sperm. Jennifer was her name, egg, and they implanted it in my uterus. Okay. Did not, and then they, she actually stimulated really well, and so she actually had lots of eggs. So they froze the extras, mm-hmm. and the fourth cycle did not work. Okay. And so back at. Square one or square, square four one. or five, yeah. whichever you were at. So we go back to the doctor and, you know, he kind of is at a loss too. And, you know, he, he says, you guys can pursue adoption. You can try a surrogate. And I guess I had mentioned the surrogate to my OBGYN and he actually knew someone. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't even have to go through a lot of searching um, for that, he actually knew someone locally, and we actually still keep in touch with her. Mm-hmm. And um, we really like her um, and her family. She has two children, and wow. she actually had a child, and was wanting to do. After she had a kid, she wanted to be a surrogate because she had a friend that Aww. had gone through fertility, and she just felt like it that's was her amazing, calling. yeah, isn't it though? Now I was throwing up for half my pregnancies, <laughs> and so I, I think there's no way in the world I would do that, but. Yeah. Selfishly. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we're happy there's people out there like her. Yes, um, for sure, that have amazing pregnancies and can do that. Yeah. So we... So it, with her being your surrogate... Surrogate? Sur- yeah. Surrogate. Surrogate. Sur- I'm saying know. it wrong. Did she... Um, so that was your egg. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. It's... No, it's the egg... The other. It's the egg donor's egg. Oh, okay. Justin's sperm. Because the issue is with your yeah. egg. Yes. Okay. So their embryo implanted in another person. <laughs> wow. So we're talking, I'm completely out of the equation, yeah. you know, and I, and I was on cycle four and cycle five. Um, and you know, it just didn't take, and she actually wanted to, she was willing to try it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were out of eggs or out of embryos and mm-hmm. we were pretty much like, oh, we're done. Overwhelmed. I mean, we, we've done yeah. this. We've tried my uterus four times. We've tried someone else's egg and we tried someone else's uterus. Right. We're done. So you tried a lot on your own. Yes. Now through this whole process, obviously you guys are strong Christians and you were praying through each scenario. Did you just, how did you navigate through this? Did you just pray and just kind of cross your fingers and say, all right, God, we're going to try this and we'll see what you do with it. We went through so many emotions and not always at the same time. Mm -hmm. We try to just take it day to day. And just, you know, kept praying and we had a lot of people praying for us, but I mean, it was a very tough season and I felt like that season was never going to end because it was about four years, mm-hmm. but you know, we went through anger. We just frustration, you know, we had, you know, we thought we had done everything right. We had, you know, gotten married, our careers were set we, you know, we had travel, we had everything in line and then we just didn't understand why it wasn't occurring for us. Mm-hmm. And I even was thinking, well, maybe this is God's way of telling me that, you know, I'm not meant to be a mom. Maybe I wouldn't be a good mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you start, you start really, really just thinking all kinds of thoughts. I actually, at one point I felt so bad for Justin because obviously the issue was with me and he, I knew he wanted kids he, I mean, from the get-go of our dating, like I knew, I could tell he'd be a great dad, and I knew he wanted kids. So even at one point, I, you know, told him after one of our Felden vitros, and I, I mean, I meant it. I told him, I was like, I want you to have kids. You did not sign up for this. Um, you know, if you, I would not blame you at all. Like, you need to, to be with someone fertile to give you babies mm. and I would not blame you at all. There'd be no resentment. I totally understand. And of course, you know, he was, I didn't marry you for that, you know, but I mean, we're talking just a range of emotions. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of just pain and heartbreak and disappointment that you went through. What was some of the hardest things for you in this season? Well, I feel like, you know, part of it is you think as a female, I mean, you just kind of envision yourself to have babies. And whenever I couldn't get pregnant, you almost, you almost felt a little bit unfeminine Mm -hmm. to where like, I'm not normal. Like I don't work like everyone else. And you know, everyone else is getting pregnant and not even trying. And here we've done all this and, and it, you know, it's not working. And Justin and I would deal with the the course you know differently to where we would do a cycle and I immediately would think of well if this doesn't work what's our next step like mm-hmm. I was already on to the next step 
Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, I think it was a protective mechanism that I had. Because trying to plan. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to get like too emotionally invested in this one cycle because if it doesn't work, then I'm just destroyed. Right. And I'm so tired of the negative pregnancy test, mm-hmm. you know. Um and Justin wouldn't even talk about the next step. He was I don't even want to discuss it. I'm focusing on this cycle. It's going to work. He was super positive and, you know, so that was kind of hard. I feel like we were on different pages at different times and, you know, we, looking back, I mean, I think he would say that it definitely drew us closer together. I mean, we Mm -hmm. had to, I mean, nobody else could go through this for us, you know, and no one else, none of our family had ever had problems with this. So they could be there for us, but we had to, you know. Mm-hmm. So speaking of marriage, how did your marriage not crumble under these circumstances? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there are days that I, you know, I, I wondered. Um, I remember actually one of the cycles we were in St. Louis, and when, when we went, you have to go for like five to seven days and kind of stay. And I don't know, it just been a bad week. I didn't feel good. You know, I've been injecting myself. My stomach exploded. I'm uncomfortable. I'm sick of being poked and prodded. And I think we were fighting. You know, I don't even know what about. Who knows? But I remember telling him that if we did another cycle, that, you know, he doesn't even need to come. Like, I'll just just go by myself to St. Louis Mm -hmm. and just stay for the week. Like, you know. It's just taken its toll. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. I think we just, we prayed a lot, and we knew that God had a plan. And, you know, we just took it day to day and kept praying and just tried to believe that, you know, God's plan, you know, was going to be great. And I actually remember... After one time, I remember Justin said he would never forget this, but he, I think it was after the third time, he just was completely broken. And it's funny because I feel like whenever he's weak, then I rise and I'll be stronger. And then when I'm weak, he totally rises to the occasion. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen him that broken. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling him, like, it's going to be okay. There's a purpose in this Mm -hmm. and I cannot wait to meet that baby because we have gone through so much that the baby that we end up having is just going to be more amazing than we could ever imagine. Yeah. And he just, he, he talks about that and says he'll never forget that moment, um, that it really helped him. And he just loved that attitude that I had and, yeah. it, and it has turned out well, it's such so a, true. Such an important reminder that our suffering has purpose. Yes. You know, I mean, in every area. So no matter what someone's going through right now, I think it can often feel like this is so meaningless. Or does God even see me? Is he ignoring me? There, Here's this good thing, whether it be a baby or a job or a marriage or what, whatever it is that someone maybe is waiting for or longing for and feels like, God, are you withholding this good thing from me on purpose. Yes. And you know, we're I know we're both neither of us are coming to the table today as experts. We're not saying we have this whole thing figured out or that oh, there's no. some magic formula to getting a child or anything in life, but um I think it's a great reminder that 
somehow, some way, God does really deep-rooted work in those trials, mm-hmm. and He sees it, and He is with us, and He will not let us go through it alone, and He hasn't forgotten us. And like you said, there's purpose in that suffering, which it's it's a hard thing because oh, we can't so wrap hard. our heads around, but I think just really the bottom line is we just have to know, God, you are faithful, you are good, and... I'm going to trust you even when I cannot see the results I want. And I also, you know, think that you have to realize that this is a season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you're not going to go through this forever. You will get through it. It is a season mm-hmm. and there's something to be learned from it. You have to be obedient and be willing to listen. And that's really hard sometimes. Um, I also feel like experience is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you gain strength from experience and wisdom and endurance. Um, and I know that I appreciate the miracle of pregnancy and a healthy baby so right. much more now than mm-hmm. I ever could have before. Mm-hmm. Well, and often we think if something's hard that it must be wrong. But just because something is difficult doesn't mean that it's wrong. Often there's that pushback or that stretching um, because God is at work doing something that we just can't envision. You and Justin didn't imagine that adoption was on your radar, correct? Well, when we first started trying, he mentioned adoption early and I was like, you know, you know why? No, but he actually grew up with foster kids. Um, His parents fostered two kids during his upbringing. So he was, I didn't know that. Oh, his family's amazing. Um, so he always kind of grew up with that mentality. Um, I wasn't open to adoption early on. I really wanted to, to, I wanted to give him a genetic baby. Um, and then after we failed our fifth time and we were, you know, on ground zero, we, I mean, I would love to be able to say that we just felt called to adopt, but we, we did not. We honestly adopted because we wanted a, a child mm-hmm. and this was the only way that we were going to get a child so all we, other so avenues had been xed out yes and that is when we turned to adoption and i tell you as soon as we made that decision everything just went flawless with our adoption it was seamless it was just we had a piece about it um that just went beyond any understanding. So I'll never forget whenever your adoption paperwork was complete and I was pregnant with Jack. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, Hallie. Hallie. Sorry, not Jack. I was pregnant with Hallie. And I remember you saying we could actually have a baby before Hallie's born. And then that's exactly what happened. She was born yes. two months, I think, before Hallie. I, I remember that exact story and because they told us that, you know, it would probably take about a year is we went through a private agency out of Oklahoma City and they only do newborns. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to choose the sex of our baby. Um, and we, they told us it was probably going to be about a year. So just prepare you. And, you know, we thought, heck, we've waited this long. Like what's, what's another year at this, <laughs> right point? At this and point? We have no other option. And then we got chosen the day it was the Monday after Thanksgiving it was the day that we officially got on the list because it the whole process you know there's all these background checks the whole process takes a long time 
And the day we were officially on the list, we got chosen. Wow. And and that was like that the Monday after Thanksgiving. And then Kennedy was born in February. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a very long wait. But I, I mean, I, we wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I would, I never, of course, at the time, I never thought I would say this, but I would go through all of that again, all that money, I would, everything, and in a heartbeat because... Kennedy is so worth it. Mm, I remember you saying that one time, and it just brought me to tears. You saying all these years of infertility, going through um, artificial art insemination. I don't know why. Yes. I don't know why I cannot remember what that is called. <laughs> um, going through IVF, going through trying a surrogate, um, all to lead you to the point where you adopted Kennedy. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about her story, her birth mom, kind of the process that you went through with that. So we went to an adoption seminar um, that our agency had put on, and it was such a good educational experience. We, you know, we really didn't know anything much about adoption, and they they actually had a panel of birth moms that were there that spoke mm-hmm. about how, what it feels like to give a baby up. Oh, man. You know, something I really hadn't put a whole lot of thought into. Right. I was more focused on me getting a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then there was a panel of kids that had been, or even, you know, adults that had been adopted and kind of their experience as kids. And, um, you know, some kids knew from the get go that they were adopted. Some kids didn't find out until they were adults or in teenagers. And so they talked about the pros and cons of that. And then, um, and then they had, you know, moms that were, going to give up their babies um, speak. And it was just the most enlightening educational seminar I had ever been to. It really made me think about the other person and kind of what they go through. Yeah, there's two sides to this story. Mm -hmm. I mean, every Mother's Day, you know, they're reminded, um, you know, of them giving up their baby. And they all have different reasons for doing it. Um, So we matched with our birth mom. We went down and met her and met her mom and dad, and she was 22 years old, in college, um, working at Starbucks as a barista, and also nannying for her, I think, sister-in-law. She loved kids. She wanted children. She actually had names picked out for her kids, Um, but it wasn't the right timing for her. She was a single mom, or would have been a single mom, And financially, she just could not afford a child. Her parents told her that they would support her regardless of her decision. If she wanted to keep the baby, they would help her. If she chose adoption, they would support her, which just says a lot about their character. Mm -hmm. And she chose adoption because she wanted a better life for Kennedy than she thought that she could provide at that time. And... um, You know, we realized that it not only does it affect the birth mom, but it affects her, like her parents, like, you know, that was their grandbaby. Mm -hmm. So we were first planning to do what they call a semi-open adoption. But when we initially went into it, we thought we wanted a closed adoption. But then after we went to the seminar, we learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And then we thought, okay, we can do semi-open. So for the first year after getting Kennedy, you know, we would send pictures and letters and we would meet, um, every few months and let her see Kennedy. And we'd have an an agent representative there just to make sure that no questions were asked Mm -hmm. that made me uncomfortable. But 
I mean, after a while, we got really comfortable. I never felt threatened mm-hmm. by her. She never tried to, you know, be the parent or asking me if I, am I doing this? Am I doing that? She, she never, she knew, always had boundaries mm-hmm. and always had a respect for what we're doing. And we had this great respect for what she did for us. Right. And, um, and I'll never forget Justin and I, you know, we both agree, which is nice that the day that she gave her baby up, the way Oklahoma works is she delivered. We were at her delivery. We went to a couple prenatal appointments. She had a C-section. We were there at the delivery. She stayed in the hospital two or three days. My parents were not allowed to come see the baby um, until we had to leave the premises before mm-hmm. family could see the baby. We had pictures. All the red tape, yeah. Yeah. Um, the hospital that she was born in had some extra rooms so they actually let us stay in like a hospital room yeah um and hannah let you know us visit the baby the baby spent the night in our room you know one night um and but the way oklahoma works is you she has to leave the hospital she has to leave the baby in the hospital and leave and then the agency takes over custody okay. of the baby. And then the agency lets us take the baby home. Knowing that Hannah can change her mind mm-hmm. in that window. There's a window of time before she goes to court. And right. she had a C-section. So mm-hmm. she had to wait until she was off pain medicine. Um, but I remember the day that she you know, was leaving the hospital her family called us into their room and they wanted to pray over Kennedy and pray over us. And Justin and I, I get emotional. Justin and I both talk about how that is definitely the most emotional, special moment like we have ever shared. Mm. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll never forget it. Hannah came from a very Christian family and they're just great and um, we're just so I mean we know that we are blessed that we have that relationship mm-hmm. it's so how often do you see each other now well we probably see each other every three or four months mm-hmm. maybe we always see each other at Thanksgiving and Christmas right um, we always see each other around Kennedy's birthday yeah um, they get her presents mm. and what's so great about it is you know, we have three other kids mm-hmm. and Harper's five. So she's old enough to realize that, you know, who are these people, mm-hmm. you know, that are specifically, you know, hanging out with Kennedy Right. and they treat her just like they treat Kennedy. Oh. They include her, um, Kennedy's just like extended family. Definitely. Yeah. In fact, Kennedy or Harper actually kind of got jealous because. Kennedy is super proud that she's adopted. She knows. Mm-hmm. Um, she's proud of it. We and you guys her. made that choice from the beginning that yeah. you were going to tell her, right? Well, the agency told us that they've done studies mm-hmm. and the, the most well-adjusted children know early. From the beginning. They never remember hey, finding I get that. out. I wouldn't want to be kept in the dark mm-hmm. on that. So. Well, they say what happens is when you wait until your kid is 12 to tell them, they mm-hmm. don't like you anyway because they're 12. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. And then they find out from their cousin. Mm. Who knew, you know, and they feel like they've been in the dark the whole time. Yeah, and yeah that would be tough. Yeah. So it totally And I totally respect sense. people who wait for various reasons. Yeah. But. Well, yes. And that's the other thing. There are definitely 
reasons to protect sure, your child. Sure, absolutely. We I think have in a, your situation, it was the best thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I love it because Hannah will write letters to Kennedy. She, you know, has a relationship with her. And so I told Hannah, you know, one of these days, Kennedy's going to have some difficult questions mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you answer them <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's kind I, of, that's kind of nice though, that, that you can, yeah. that she can enter into that conversation. Yeah. Cause I don't know, you know, all the reasons that Hannah had, I don't know, but she does. Mm-hmm. And she's very willing to share with Kennedy and, right. um, she, she is very articulate with how she words things and, mm-hmm. There's no doubt that she loves Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And there's so many letters and pictures to prove it. So mm-hmm. Kennedy should never have, she should never doubt that. Mm-hmm. Now she might because, you know, kids have that, all kinds of feelings. Sure. You know? But I love how welcome you are to that relationship. I think that shows so much strength on your part. Well, the way Justin and I kind of decided to view it, and, you know, we just decided that. The more people that love my child, how can I deny that? Amen. Yeah. You know? It's true. So, so right. far, so good. Mm-hmm. So we're going with it. So speaking of her name, we were talking about earlier that um, when you were going through this whole journey, that it was actually comforting to know that there were different women in the Bible that had gone through similar things. Obviously, Abraham and mm-hmm. Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, um, Elizabeth, who was the mother of John the Baptist, um, and then Hannah, and I love the story of Hannah because we see so much of her pain and brokenness, and she's, you know, it's just right there when she is longing for a baby before the Lord, um, and so many people I think that have gone through this can relate to that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then we see God's faithfulness as she eventually gives conceives and gives birth to Samuel. Um, and so you kind of have a little bit of a story about that in the hospital. So Justin and I had been talking about, we wanted to pick out a scripture and, you know, it's one of these things that, you know, we said we would do, we never got around to doing (laughs) and it does. And we were in the hospital waiting for, you know, her to be born. And Justin went down to the gift shop and he saw this plate that said, for this child, I pray. And he bought it, and he comes back to the room, and he says, I got our scripture. This is perfect for us. Mm-hmm. And he calls his mom, tells his mom, because she'd back, you know, do you have a scripture? Do you have a scripture? Tells his mom, we have a scripture. I found this plate. And she just was, did you not know the story of, of Hannah? And then she told us the story, and we were just floored by the fact that our birth mom's name mm-hmm. Hannah. So mm-hmm. it was just... It's really perfect. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. And through the whole adoption process and our experience, it really made me realize that our trial of infertility and our ex- great experience with adoption is such a testimony, not only to us, but it's actually helped other people because my best friend and her husband went through some infertility. They actually opted not to do fertility treatments. Probably because they saw our experience. Like, this isn't going to work anyway. So, right. So, I'm glad that, you know, our experience helped them, you know, avoid, you know, all the unneededness of that. Um, Though, you know, that I would not have not done that. And it works for so many people. God works in lots of different ways for different people. Every story is unique. Definitely. Um, But they decided to adopt 
and they didn't have to shop around for what agency. They knew they wanted to use the agency that we had gone through. Mm -hmm. They saw our experience. They um, have since adopted a little boy who is three, and he is a doll. Mm. And then they have a little girl now through the same agency that's one, and she's a doll. Oh, that's really cool. So they are so happy. Their family is complete. She would not change a thing. Mm -hmm. But she always tells me that, you know, she would have never adopted, probably. considered it, yeah. Or definitely not used our agency. So Mm -hmm. she would not have gotten the children that she got. So. Yeah, God works through all things. Not all things are good, but he can use all things for his good. That is so true. And I, I think that's a good time to mention that because of the fall, because of sin, our world has changed. And so we do. We live in a fallen world where there is um, infertility. There's different things, you know, but God's plan of redemption kind of permeates everything. And I think that includes adoption. And we see that even in the gospel story, obviously, like we are adopted as sons and daughters, um, which is such an amazing, beautiful thing. And so I think, you know, anyone who's adopting or maybe you're fostering, I have several friends that feel called to foster, Mm -hmm. man, it's just such a, a beautiful way to see God's redemption kind of break through the cracks. And you were mentioning that you never really felt called to yeah. adoption way back. I think that we, it's also good to remember that, you know, sometimes because of whatever circumstance or trial that we face, God is going to work through that. So even if you never felt called to something, doesn't mean that God might not lead you to that. Definitely. And now, I mean, I, I have a huge heart for adoption. Right. Huge passion um, for it. Mm-hmm. And I love to talk about it. I love to tell people our story because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell someone who's feeling called maybe to pursue adoption? I would tell them to definitely look into it. Um, you know, it is not for everyone. Not everyone has, you know, the experience that, that we had. Right. But it has, it has changed our life in so many ways. Um, when we first decided to adopt, I was a little nervous that, you know, am, am I going to love this child as much as I would have loved a child that was genetically mine? Right. And, um, I mean, that's a, I mean, maybe that's a very vain thought. Justin never even worried about that. Mm-hmm. Never. But I, I did. I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't, didn't know how I would feel. And I talked to several moms that had adopted, and they assured me they felt the same way. And no, they have no discrepancy between their kids. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can testify right now that I, there is not any difference in the amount of love mm-hmm. that I have for Kennedy versus Harper and the twins. And let, while you're mentioning um, the three others, let's go into that. So you had kind of your own little miracle happened after this adoption, three years later after that. So you said that you were went through the um, infertility process. Was it four years? Yes. And then on top of that, after you adopted Kennedy, it was another three years where you were still not yes. preventing. Yes, exactly. We never prevented. Mm-hmm. So we, we got Kennedy. So that's about a seven-year period, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we were in the middle. We knew we wanted two children. So we were in the middle of our second adoption. I turned in the paperwork and I got pregnant without any fertility and Just out was of the blue. shocked. Yes. And you know, I always felt that if I could get pregnant, 
I could stay pregnant. Yeah. Like I just because you had never had a miscarriage. Pregnant. No, and I was so. And in actually, in the midst of all the trial, that's what I would try to focus on. Is you know there are so many people that go through miscarriages and that loss, and I just try to be thankful. And there are a lot of people listening. You know, I I know so many women who have gone through that loss or that miscarriage or maybe has even lost a child, um, heaven forbid. And so obviously they're just, (laughs) that's where it's just, we need God's grace and his comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't necessarily have the words, but I feel like you're, you are stronger than you think you are. Mm -hmm. You don't know um, what you can handle until God tests you. Mm -hmm. And then you tend to rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's so comforting to me is that God knows he's outside of time. And so he sees the end from the beginning. He's paving paths, new paths through the wilderness that we can't even see. So, and you know, I always thought like whenever we decided to adopt and our adoption process with Kennedy went so flawless, um, I knew that was his plan for us. I mm-hmm. mean, it was so obvious because everything went so smoothly finally mm-hmm. after all those years. All the bumps, um, yeah. But what's even what even reaffirmed it to me was when I got pregnant with Harper. I mean, I know without a doubt the Kennedy was supposed to be ours mm-hmm. because if I had ever gotten pregnant, you would have pursued adoption. Have, yeah, we would have had one child. Mm. So tell us about your other three kids. I know. I have those poor other three. So what was it like when you took the pregnancy test, you see the two lines, you're pregnant. What was that like well, after like, all these years? It was, I mean, surreal. I mean, I probably took five, you know? <laughs> I just um, need to make sure that this is actually true. Yes. And I, gosh, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Of course, I surprised Justin. Um, had a special way to tell him. Um, I mean, it was so fun. Were you at home? Were you at work? Were you in no, your bathroom? I, I was at home in my bathroom. And you were just late. And so you were like, well, I'll yeah. Take it. Is that what happened? Yes. So, you know, it was crazy. And then, of course, I think I worked that day. Yeah, I did work that day. And after work, I got takeout and got Chinese takeout and put a little slip in the fortune cookie. Oh, I'm not very creative. Good idea. No. Um, and then fun. we went on a You walk. are creative because I remember, were we having a Halloween party? <gasps> yes. So we didn't, I don't even think we mentioned um, at the beginning how we know each other, but no, we've we known each other for a while through church and life group. And so we're not in the same life group now, but we were. And I actually don't think we, I don't even know if we were still part of life group at the time. I think we just came to the party. Yeah. Yeah. We like to be included. (laughs) And, um, so you had, you came out and you had, what was it? A shirt? Well, I think didn't everyone carve a pumpkin or something? Everyone carved it, or maybe we carved a pumpkin of a, of an maybe. Out, of like a profile of a pregnant. I thought you had person. a shirt that I said like think. pee in a pot or. I did. I did have some shirt. You had something. You're right. We all had on costumes, and I just remember you walked out. I think I. And you showed us the shirt, and we all screamed and we cried, and we were all in disbelief. It yes. was so awesome. Yes, and then I actually got to surprise everyone with my twin. And I remember, you know, even my friend Whitney knew I was pregnant. But we didn't know I had twins. And you got pregnant naturally with twins. Yes. Just, that's so great. I just love that after all that time, God led you to adoption. And you have your sweet Kennedy, who is just a miracle in herself. And then for you to be blessed with not just Harper, but also then twin boys after that. I think God is just faithful. He is so good. 
And like that, no twins in, I mean, we have like a very, very distant cousin that's a twin, but I mean, really no twins wow. in the family and no fertility. So after five in vitros, <laughs> I finally have twins. Gosh. Um, but I did have a, you know, great pregnancy with Harper, felt great the entire time, had a great delivery. Um, she was a healthy baby. And then we kind of toyed with the idea of number three. Um, hoping for a little boy, but you know, of course, knowing that you know, healthy is what matters, and you sure. know, we we are plenty busy and plenty happy with the two we have. Right. So I gave it a very short window mm-hmm. of trying, and I honestly didn't think that I would get pregnant because I obviously don't get pregnant easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I mean, at this point, I'm getting older. And, right. you know, my window is, I, mean, I feel like, you know, I need mm-hmm. to like wrap things up or do it or wrap, wrap it up. And I gave, we had like maybe like a three month window. I think I got pregnant on month two, um, you know, on our own. And I went for the first ultrasound and there was one. Went to the second ultrasound. There was two. Of course, I went really early because mm-hmm. at this point, like my OBGYN and I are buds, right? And so I kind of have like the <laughs> back door a lot policy. Together. Yeah, like yeah. I just kind of go in the back door and she takes care of me. Um, and then the third ultrasound, she told me on the third ultrasound, she said, "Bring Justin. We haven't heard the heartbeat, but next week on our third one, we'll for sure hear the heartbeat." Bring Justin. We're talking. She's telling me about her Disney World trip. And I've seen enough ultrasounds at this point with in vitro and just even being in medicine. Sure. That when I saw that ultrasound machine and I saw her look on her face, I looked at her and then she started giggling. And she said, you're having twins. What was your response? I don't, I don't, I was speechless. Are you a crier? Did you cry? No. Mm-mm. You're not really a crier, no, are you? No, I think I was a panic. <laughs> Because at this point you already have two, yeah. Well, I mean, when I del- when I delivered those babies, I came home with four kids age five and under. Right. And we had yes. three kids in diapers for a year and a half. So I was talking to <laughs> someone at church the other day who had gone through a, quite the journey of infertility as well and now has children. And um, she was telling me that she deals with guilt, um, kind of the opposite guilt. So she was saying that since they had prayed and worked so hard for these babies that now when parenting's hard and she's having a bad day and it's just really rough, that she almost feels guilty, like she shouldn't be, she shouldn't have a bad day, which yes. is so not even true. Like it, parenting is hard. It's not always easy. And, and so do you ever deal with that? Yes. Especially like that, because I should have this huge appreciation, and I do, but it doesn't take away. But four the kids, thirty that minutes young, of yeah. whining, and my three-year-olds. I mean, we're potty training. Mm-hmm. They're all boy. They're wild, crazy. Our house <laughs> is so loud all the time. Um, so yeah, it doesn't take away the thirty minutes of constant whine is driving me crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So it can be both. It can be a blessing and still. Not be perfect and not be easy because really what is. Right. But I know that it's worth it and I am so thankful mm-hmm. for it. So what would you tell yourself 10 years ago or mm-hmm. what would you tell someone right now who's listening to this, who's going through a very similar process? Um, I would tell them the one thing I definitely learned is that I have no control. I can try to do things, but, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately, God has control. It's God's plan. 
Um, I would tell myself to relax and just have peace in knowing that everything will work out and one of these days I'll look back and I will see all the puzzle pieces fit mm-hmm. and I will know that it, it's, it was the best plan for us and I wouldn't have changed a thing. But it's hard, you know, when you're in that to be, you know, they, you know, they say to be, there's a scripture actually that says to be thankful in your trials and to have joy. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of having joy in a trial is so hard to even comprehend. But um, it is, it's true. Yeah, it is so true. But we can, and it really is that Holy Spirit that can allow us to do that. Other, yeah. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be able to. Well, I think that through trials you grow. I mean, yeah. that that is where growth comes, and that's honestly where, when I was closest to God, you know, mm-hmm. when you have a, a personal, because you need Him. It's the only thing you have. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like that is something that, it can be gained from trials. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, the verse Proverbs sixteen nine says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps or directs our steps. Mm-hmm. And I think of that so many times when I think of obviously God's perfect will um, colliding kind of with, you know, because he does give us choice. He gives mm-hmm. us, we, we make decisions. Obviously we know about modern technology and modern medicine mm-hmm. and all of these different things. And he's not surprised that we know about those things. But again, I think that's a perfect representation of all of it that we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps and yes. really he's the one who's in charge. Like you said, yes. Yeah. Um, there is a scripture that I would, you know, kind of go to, um, during, you know, during the, the infertility time and it was you know Jeremiah 29 11 which mm-hmm. is a very common one but it always just kind of gave me peace right and just a hope and that is for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future mm-hmm. that's good that always just made me feel better well it's really a question of our trust in God do we believe that he right. has good for us or do we not? And that's a kind of a harsh way to put it, but I know so many times I have what I want on my list. And, you know, obviously God tells us to ask and seek Him, but ultimately just to say, you know, your will be done and, and kind of the even if not, even if what I'm asking for does not happen. You are still God. You are still good. I'm still a whole person and have everything I need, you know. And you still can be happy and be fulfilled in life. Right. Because it doesn't work out for, and Justin and I, we talked about that. Like, believe me, after five failed in vitros, we talked about, you know, what, what would life look like if we didn't have kids? We Mm -hmm. talked about that way before our five failed in vitros, but Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, we talked about, you know, just not having children and traveling and. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, having a dog and, yeah. and, you know, living that life and could we be fulfilled? And, and we knew that we could, it, it would just be different. It would be something that we'd have to get used to. And there's definitely pros to that life as well. Right. And God has blessed you with the desires of your heart, but even just keeping that mentality in check. I know I always have to of just, okay, God, even if not, yes, you know, that, that you are still God, you are still good. So, you know, we talk about, um, the trials and faith. And I know that Justin had said last night, we were talking about this and we were talking about how it kind of does test your faith. And he said, he felt like it made his faith greater. Like he had so much faith. Mm -hmm. He knew God could do this. 
-hmm. So why wasn't he doing it? Right. And so to him, it wasn't that he lacked faith. It was because he had so much faith that it was frustrating Mm -hmm. and there was bitterness and anger because the men go through it too. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. I mean, it's not just you. Yeah. We kind of focus on the females because we're the ones who get, you know, Mm -hmm. the shots and the pokes and the prodding and the procedures. Right. But you know, men go through watching their wives have to go through all that Mm -hmm. and they, you know, they deal with it in a different way. Right. Well, your suffering and your trials definitely (laughs) had purpose, and um, it's so cool now that you can actually look back and see that. But a lot of for a lot of women, you know, they're not in the hindsight's twenty twenty thing. You know, they're they're right in the thick of it. And so, you know, whoever's going through that today, I know we would just encourage you to just seek God, and um, you know, I I would encourage you to to reach out to other people Mm because I did not know a lot of people that were going through failed infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew people that had done in vitro and it had worked, but I didn't know anyone that, that had failed, you know, for fertility treatments. And it would have been so nice to oh, yeah. have, have someone you. Mm-hmm. to talk to who's been through it because you can't really empathize until you're there. Mm-hmm. So part of me telling my story today is cause I do want, this is kind of my ministry now since I've been through it. Um, so if there's anyone out there that feels alone, um, wants to talk, has questions, just wants to vent, get advice, I am more than happy and willing to talk to anyone going through this because I have been there, um, and now I'm on the other side of it. And so I can kind of give a different uh, perspective maybe, and maybe help in some way. Mm -hmm. I love that. We all need a little backup. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing some of your journey with us. I know that that's probably hard to kind of pull up all these emotions that you went through, but um, we can also be so grateful with you and celebrate with you just really all that God has done. Yeah, thank you so much. I feel so honored that you even thought of me and that God had put this on your heart because I I do feel like I hope that it reaches a lot out to a lot of people and it will help people. I know that it will, for sure. Thank you. If you're going through something like infertility or a long wait, like Gina said, you are not alone, but you do need to reach out to someone. Feel free to find her on Instagram at Gina Postier or contact me and I'll get you hooked up. I just want to say a huge thank you for joining us today. It's important to share our stories because stories make up our real lives. And that's what we're all about here at The Messy Table. Real life, real women, and a real God who meets us right where we are. If you've missed them, there are a lot of other conversations to hear. You can find them at The Messy Table in iTunes or on my site at jenjewel.com. I am so honored you joined us today. And as you go about your week, remember, life isn't always perfect, but God is at work in the mess.